Hello, Marvelites who are listening to This Week in Marvel special D23 Expo 2022 bonus episode. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M. And I'm Lorraine Sink. I'm here, too, in spirit and also voice. Ooh, <laughs> it's me. Yeah, so uh, D23 Expo 2022 is in the books, but it has been a monumental convention. Three days of super fun announcements, panels, experiences galore. And Lorraine, I'm sad couldn't be there with me to experience it all, but it's pretty dang cool. Yeah, well, I get to experience it through your Instagram and you got to live react to all the panels. So let's take a listen to those right now. All right, we are just minutes after the Marvel and Disney Games Showcase at D23 Expo and me and producer Isabel are here on the floor live. Brace yourselves. This is what you're getting for this entire D23 Expo vibe of me talking at a microphone while Isabel sits here and giggles at me as we talk about all the things that happen, including all the games news. We got to get into that for you right now. It was a fun panel. It was hosted by Blessing Arayoe Jr., who we will have on the show in the future. He did a great job. So they opened it with a 20-minute sort of presentation, the showcase. It went by so fast. I'll run through these things in case you didn't see it, but if you do want to watch it, you can go to, of course, youtube.com slash Marvel, but it opened up with a teaser for Tron Identity. That's a new game coming from Bithel Games in 2023. We saw a little bit more of that later on in the show when they sat down with Mike Bithel and some other folks to talk about that game. A lot of other Disney games in here. I won't go into all those because this is a friggin' Marvel podcast, you nerds. And so we did get to see a whole bunch of stuff for Marvel's Midnight Suns, which we've been hearing about that for a long time, but we got some gameplay in there, you know, seeing your squad, including Blade, Ghost Rider, Magic, Nico, going up against Chthon and Lilith and a whole bunch of demons. In the video, though, my favorite thing in the world is casual outfit magic. Ilyana Rasputin wearing this like black t-shirt with in like super death metal, black metal font, Dark Child. She looks so rad. Magic is one of my favorite characters. We saw a whole bunch of gameplay and then they showed off the new prequel shorts that are going to be released on Marvel's YouTube channel starting October 31st and then being released weekly after that. Big fun energy and it goes into how the various characters came together to form the Midnight Suns, this group in the series. Plus it's going to explain how Lilith got resurrected and and what her role in all this is. And it's also gonna go into the character of the Hunter who is the player's character. So in this game, it's tactical, it's RPG, it's from Fraxis Games. And we learned in the showcase panel that you're going to create your own character, you know, from their look and and get into it. And then really it's a lot about your choice, who you want to interact with. There's a whole bunch of other characters in there. You can choose your squad, what kind of powers you bring to it, their abilities. The combat is a little different from some previous games from Firaxis. The team did a chat and they were very excited about bringing lots of new and, and different and exciting gameplay and opportunities for themselves into Marvel's Midnight Sun. So everything looks really good and very important. Important thing, they announced the launch date for the game, so you will get your hands on Marvel's Midnight Suns December 2nd, 2022. That's not that far away, everybody. All right, we also saw a cool trailer for Marvel Strike Force. We know now that Red Hulk is coming to the game. In the trailer, you got some Hulks fighting and Abomination and all this stuff, and then Red Hulk gets his butt kicked and 
who's standing there but Apocalypse. Ooh, uh, of course, you can play Marvel Strike Force on your mobile device right now. And keeping with the mobile vibes, we saw a new trailer for Marvel Snap, which is so good. We've talked about it a whole bunch on the show. It is this card battling and collecting game where you collect a whole bunch of characters. I've been playing it for a long time, a couple months now. Very addictive, very quick and easy to play. In the trailer, Aquafina, she does the like VO for the trailer. She's really fun. She talks about how you could play one match and the time it takes to toast a bagel. I like bagels. So everybody's been asking when they're going to be able to play the game if they haven't been part of the beta. October 18th, which is about a month away, you will be able to play Marvel Snap. Go check it out on your mobile devices. From there, we hit a lot of other things. There was Alien Game, Avatar, Star Wars, Monkey Island. The crowd went bananas for Gargoyles Remastered. And then we got to the big one, the biggest one, I think, of the entire showcase, which was the world premiere showing off some stuff from the game from Marvel and Skydance New Media. It opens on this this cool trailer with the song We'll Meet Again. The camera pans around and you see gun and then you see a dossier a folder that says hydra and we get to see then captain america and then black panther shows up and it says king captain soldier spy four heroes two worlds one war and so we've got this awesome game set during world war ii later on during the event amy hennig from skydance new media and mark bernardin who is on the story team for the title. They came out to talk about it. And so we got a whole bunch of details about it. We know that this is in fact set during World War II. It's with a Captain America who's a little bit younger, as well as Azuri, the King of Wakanda and the Black Panther of the time. He's T'Challa's grandfather. Then you've got Gabriel Jones, who is a member of the Howling Commandos and a Wakandan spy named Nanali, who um, that's a character that I think is going to be super cool and I can't wait for them to flesh out. They talked about how it's a very cinematic, very story-driven game. Mark talked about bringing on this incredible writing team. They looked at it in terms of almost like a writer's room for a television series or a movie, and they brought in a ton of folks. Didn't get too deep into what the story is. We still have a lot of road to go before we we reveal everything, but Mark did talk about some of the inspiration. He referenced the Black Panther, Captain America, Flags of Our Fathers comic. That's a great book to check out. He also talked about the Black Panther and Captain America like chase scene from Marvel Studios' Captain America Civil War and how that's a bit of an inspiration. So lots of really cool ways that they're pulling from the Marvel Universe and how they're thinking about stuff. Other fun thing about it, Amy talked about how they want this game to be something that anyone of any level of interest in video games can pick up. So if you've never played a video game before, you can go into this and play it and enjoy it and actually succeed and do well with it. If you are a intense video game fanatic and plays hours of games every day, you will still find enjoyment and, and challenge and fun stuff in it. So I'm very much looking forward to sharing more with y'all about this game. And then they wrapped up with Marvel World of Heroes, another reveal. This is the new title for Marvel Games and Niantic Labs. Niantic, you may know from Pokemon Go. So if you have that in mind, it's a game where you can customize and be your own Marvel superhero. And the way that uh, Bill Roseman from Marvel Games explained it when he was on stage is sort of like you build your avatar, who you are, your look. There's a lot of options about customizing yourself. And then you go outside and you encounter Black Widow. 
and Black Widow takes you on a mission, and you have to go fight Kingpin. And the game then sort of develops from there. There's big story stuff that you do. You are out in the world experiencing things as a Marvel superhero, encountering Marvel heroes and villains. They talked about scenarios, and it's context-sensitive, so maybe one thing could be, you're at a mall, you're out shopping, and you turn on Marvel World of Heroes, and you look around and, wait a minute, you just discovered a Hydra base, and now you have to clear out a Hydra base. Or Bill talked about the idea in the old 1960s Nick Fury comics where he would go into this barber shop and he would pull a lever and down the barber chair would go and it would open into the shield base. That experience of like finding something within your world, you could have those kinds of experiences. And so it should be really, really fun to let people become heroes and explore a different side of the world outside your window. So Lots of really cool stuff. We revealed all those things. You can watch a lot of the videos over on Marvel social channels and uh, Marvel.com. And stick around. Got more to talk about right now. The next big Marvel event I was at this weekend was the Marvel Studios portion of the studio showcase at D23 Expo. Y'all, what do I even say about the studio showcase at D23 Expo? So much, actually, because it was three hours long. It was packed with tons of stuff, whether it's Lucasfilm, 20th Century, so much more. Before we even get into the Marvel Studios of it all, I want to say Indiana Jones, because we've done Indiana Jones comics back in the day, over the years, but it's so influential to all the filmmakers. And in particular, you have Kevin Feige, and he talked about seeing the footage of Indiana Jones and what that meant to him, and I agree. It looked fantastic. So you had all this hype, this big, big moment where people were just losing it for Indiana Jones and Harrison Ford and Phoebe Waller-Bridge. And and it was really, really exciting. And then, boom, Marvel Studios. We're at this point, 37 films and original series deep into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And Kevin Feige goes back to the first X-Men film. Off and running we go, Kevin Feige comes on stage and he jokes about all of these D23 expos. There are big musical numbers and songs and dances and all this fun stuff. He's like, I want that for us at Marvel Studios. So we get a musical number on stage for Marvel Studios, of course, from Rogers the Musical. I can do this all day. It was so much fun. There was confetti going down. The place was rock and rolling. It was, it's intentionally a little silly. But in the room, it was the best. It was really, really fun. And then Kevin said, all right, let's get into things with the end of phase four. And that film is Marvel Studios' Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Director and writer Ryan Coogler came out. He's finishing the film. He just wanted to work on his movie. But Kevin was able to convince him to come and do this studio showcase. So Ryan Coogler is on stage talking about how much all this means. And he's like, all right, we've got something exclusive for everybody in the room. They run some footage of Queen Ramonda, played by Angela Bassett, addressing politicians and and some stuff that's going on with people trying to get some vibranium and what that means. A really intense scene. And then into a variety of various scenes and characters and sizzle reel. Tons of Namor. Tanakhuerta, they're looking incredible. You get to see a variety of characters on all the sides of the battle. Big moments. It looked great. Uh, Of course, Marvel Studios' Wakanda Forever is in theaters on November 11th, 2022. And then cast came out on stage, roars from the crowd, Angela Bassett, Winston Duke was there, 
saying everything has changed, everything is bigger, everything is better, everything is new. We have all this tech. He was really excited for everybody to see all the things that they are bringing to this new film. Letitia Wright, of course, there talking about how she's excited for fans to see the story and, quote, how the Wakandan family has expanded, and quote, lots of new characters, and how impactful that story will be for everyone who goes to see it. And I know that's true. She ended her bit by saying, quote, I'm excited for my bro to look down on us and smile, end quote. Very emotional, very big. And from there, Kevin rolled us right into talking about how Riri Williams, a.k.a. Ironheart, is first introduced in Marvel Studios' Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And so we then have a Marvel Studios' Ironheart series coming to Disney+. Plus. Ryan Coogler is on the production team for that. They are still shooting it. We got an early look, so we actually got to see footage of the series. We see a whole bunch of characters. We see some battles. We see Riri going to school, Riri's friends, family. It looks really good. One of the things that we saw in the footage was a character in a hood and cloak. And that brought in the reveal of Anthony Ramos playing Parker Robbins, a.k.a. The Hood. He was on stage doing the thing where he's trying to tell us stuff, but also at the same time doesn't have a lot he can say. And he says, quote, I'm trying to dance around the plot like this. I can't give you all the deets, end quote. And he's literally doing some dancing. And Kevin says, no more, no more. He's dancing too close to things. And it was a very funny moment. I think Anthony Ramos is going to be really incredible. And they were explaining The Hood a little bit. Kevin said that The Hood deals in dark arts, in magic. And how does magic go against Ironheart's technology in the series. So that's a really cool aspect of taking magic and going up against technology. So we'll see that when Marvel Studios' Ironheart comes together. But again, Marvel Studios' Wakanda Forever is the completion of MCU Phase 4, but then Phase 5 kicks off with Marvel Studios' Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. And Kevin sort of said, like, this is a direct line into Marvel Studios' Avengers' Kang Dynasty, which comes down a couple years later. And then, boom, cast coming out on stage. Everybody's giving hugs. Jonathan Majors, who plays Kang. Evangeline Lilly, who plays Wasp. Paul Rudd, who plays Ant-Man. The first, like, three or four minutes is them just joking around about Paul Rudd being named the sexiest man alive. Paul Rudd looks at the audience and says, quote, how does it feel to be the sexiest audience alive? They were just having fun. You could tell that they were being silly, playing with the crowd, playing with each other. And then Paul Rudd and Jonathan Majors literally going back and forth, talking to one fan in the crowd for like 45 seconds. It was a blast. It was great. They just such like lightness and excitement about all of this. And Paul Rudd said, quote, this is unlike anything you've ever seen. This thing is uh, bananas, end quote. Paul Rudd points and he's like, that guy, pointing to Jonathan Majors, quote, he's incredible. It throws the whole thing to such new territory. And the Kang of it all, whew, we then went right into seeing some footage in the room. You get some sense of the family aspects of things, a ton of humor, and it builds, builds, builds until you see Cassie Lang and, and she's been doing some cool science stuff with Hank Pym. And Janet Van Dyne is how she's involved with things. We saw a little flash of the company, which is now Pim Van Dyne. But the experiments that Cassie Lang is working on, something is going on. And boom, like a portal opens up. I don't want to say not portal like from Doctor Strange, but a thing which transports the main cast into the quantum realm. And from there, it goes big action. They're chasing around. They're like finding all these things. We get to see Bill Murray 
He looked great. He has a little funny bit. Uh, we saw creatures. We saw like robotic things. I mean, I guess robotic things. It's hard. It's the quantum realm. It's a whole different feeling. But it then sort of goes into very intense conversation between Ant-Man and Kang. And Cassie Lang is there as well. And Ant-Man is like, I'm an Avenger. And Kang is just like, an Avenger? Have I killed you yet? Whoa. It's wild. All right, from there, we went into the Marvel Studios Werewolf by Night special, which is coming to Disney Plus October 7th. And director Michael Giacchino was on stage. Of course, Michael's been doing tons of incredible music for Marvel and beyond for years. And, and he's also an accomplished director. And he was great. Stars of Marvel Studios Werewolf by Night, Gael Garcia Bernal and Laura Donnelly came on stage. Bernal wants to share things, but but also wants to keep some surprises for everybody. And, and Kevin says, quote, it's a little darker, a little scarier, but still fun. And Michael Giacchino talks about the first day that they had on set with the cast and the crew there. And Michael wanted to, to go around. He had everybody go around talking about the first thing that scared them and what that meant to them. And that's kind of what they wanted to evoke in people with Marvel Studios Werewolf by Night, that trauma, but in a fun way. And so we got that sense of it. And then they played the trailer, which you can watch on Marvel's YouTube, marvel.com. I hadn't seen the trailer before. I've seen the special, which I, I love. We'll talk more about it when we get into October. But that trailer, a little grindhousey, a little old school horror-y. I loved it so, so much. It is tremendous. Tremendous. Yeah, anyway, October 7th on Disney+, Plus, Marvel Studios, Werewolf by Night. And then Kevin brought out Don Cheadle. Huge ovation. Of course, Don Cheadle plays James Rhodes, a.k.a. War Machine. And uh, they, he has two projects coming up with Marvel Studios on Disney+. Plus. The first up being Marvel Studios' Secret Invasion. They played the first trailer in the room. Very intense. Big action. A sort of like, who do you trust? Mystery, thriller, action intense thing. Uh, of course, you've got Nick Fury in there and Maria Hill and many, many characters. But Kevin Feige says that it connects us into the Marvel Studios Armor War series. That hasn't even started shooting yet. That starts shooting in 2023. It'll be six parts. So get ready for that. Then Don Cheadle was done. He's off stage. And Kevin says now sort of one of his themes was talking about first things that they're getting excited about. And the first season two that we're doing is something he wanted to talk about. And that's Marvel Studios Loki. It is shooting right now in the UK. So, of course, it'd be really difficult to bring anyone over, take them away from making this series. But nope. They got on a plane and they came to D23 Expo. It was very exciting. We've got Tom Hiddleston, Sophia DiMartino, Owen Wilson, and Kihoi Kwan talking about the series. It's been shooting for 12 weeks, according to Tom Hiddleston. How did I get here is a big theme that they said floats around for the various characters. Lots of big questions they're answering this season. A lot of what's going on with the TVA, with time. We saw a uh, some footage in the room. You know, there's, there's a couple scenes with like multiple Lokis and like different time periods and lots of intriguing stuff. Lots of big multiverse stuff. Tom says, time will tell about how this all fits into the multiverse stories. Of course, we are talking about the multiverse saga of the MCU. So there you go. Kevin took a, a brief second to say, he like pointed out literally into the crowd and said, hey, this guy, Matt Shackman, he's a director. He's doing really great things. He's directing Marvel Studios Fantastic Four. I'm not bringing him up on stage because we don't have anything to share with you right now. I'm just letting you know. And there'll be another 
D23 Expo before that film comes out. We'll get into that much more in time. From there, went pew, another first, the first MCU spinoff, Marvel Studios Echo. Filming has just wrapped on that, so we're able to get a look at it. It looks dope. It seems like we're getting into some of the history for Maya Lopez, aka Echo, and, and her family, how she's brought up, what her place is. She gets um, a new piece for her leg prosthetic. Really cool. And, you know, we saw this footage, and it ends with Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin coming to see Maya. A very intense moment. And then, boom, cast comes out on stage, led by Alakwa Cox who plays the title role for Marvel Studios Echo. They were talking about how important and amazing it is for them to do this series and what it can mean for the communities represented in the series. Lockwood talks about what it means for her personally, from an indigenous side, from a deaf actress side. It was really great. And then you see that how that reverberated with the rest of the cast. Cast talking about learning ASL and working together to make something special for this series. Big emotional vibes from everyone on stage. Actor Graham Greene, who, when they gave him a question, he was like, first things first, pulls out his phone, takes a picture of the crowd, just having fun. Uh, he talks about working with, quote, all the kids. Vincent D'Onofrio laughs and he thanks Graham Greene for including him as one of the kids, which is really fun. When Vincent D'Onofrio was speaking, he just heaped all this praise on Alakwa Cox. He mentioned how they have a lot of one-on-one -on -one scenes and it's can be very intense and how they were just really incredible. He was really, as a as an actor, very excited by all that. It just seemed like a really positive, great experience. And Kevin got the whole crowd to cheer in ASL. It was a really lovely moment. Uh, I hope there's some video of that somewhere for everybody to see. And so the, the cast left, except Vincent D'Onofrio. He sticks around on stage. And he says to Kevin, aren't you supposed to talk about my show? And then you hear a voice from off, not on the stage. Your show? Don't you mean my show? And it's Charlie Cox, and he's there, and he comes out, and the crowd is, like, losing their mind. I'm, I'm pretty sure people were doing backflips and, like, gnashing of teeth. Uh, and so we get this really great moment of Daredevil and Kingpin on stage for the MCU. Just mwah, chef's kiss beautiful. We got to see a really cool logo for Marvel Studios' Daredevil Born Again. It is another project that hasn't started filming yet. It begins filming in 2023. But... Kevin and Charlie talked about, hey, why don't we give the crowd in here a little bit of Daredevil in Marvel Studios She-Hulk? So we got to see a great scene from one of the episodes from Marvel Studios She-Hulk season one. So that was tremendous. From there, boom, onto Marvel Studios Captain America New World Order. Kevin talks about we're going to bring out a bunch of cast. We can't even have everyone here. Uh, they mentioned that Sabra, the superhero Sabra, will be in the film, which is really cool big, awesome Jewish superhero that was introduced 40 years ago, 40 years ago in the original Contest of Champions comic. Kevin mentions that Tim Blake Nelson will be returning to the MCU from, I believe it was 14 years as Samuel Stearns, aka the leader, which is awesome. Very excited that. Brought out the, the cast and the crew, director Julius Ona, talking about, you know, how exciting it was to make a paranoid thriller and, and having this incredible cast. Sam Wilson, played by Anthony Mackie, and, and Carl Lumbly there, returning as Isaiah Bradley and, and addressing the crowd. I'm very excited about that. Tim Blake Nelson, he said, quote, thank you for sticking with the leader, end quote, which is a lot of fun. So we're talking about the world of the MCU during the events of Marvel Studios' Captain America, New World Order. And Kevin said, that's a world without an Avengers team. But it doesn't mean there's not a group of superheroes in the MCU. 
Kevin said there is a group, and they're called the Thunderbolts, which allows us to bring out the Marvel Studios Thunderbolts cast and crew on stage. Big roars. We got to see a really great piece of art showcasing the team. You get to see Taskmaster, U.S. Agent, Winter Soldier, Yelena Belova, Red Guardian, and the Ghost. And, of course, Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, Julia Louis-Dreyfus talking about how uh, she got the call. Would you want to be this role? And she heard her character's name. and She's like, yes. She was sold by the name alone. So good. I'm very excited to see more of her in Marvel Studios' Thunderbolts. David Harbour playing Red Guardian, getting a huge reaction. Sebastian Stan playing Winter Soldier, getting huge reaction. Kevin asked Wyatt Russell, quote, is there hope for U.S. agent? And Wyatt's like, I don't know. That's up to you, Kevin. It was a really funny moment. And Sebastian Stan said, quote, these are my kinds of people. They look like a good troubled bunch. And Kevin joked around saying, it's an interesting team when the Winter Soldier is the most stable one of them all. Marvel Studios Thunderbolts start shooting early 2023, so get ready for that. That could have been a great way to wrap it up, but Kevin said we have one more thing. A film coming July 2023. The logo for Marvel Studios The Marvels comes up, and we saw a sizzle that was really like recounting how we're getting to that film with clips of Monica, clips of Carol, clips of Kamala leading into the film, and then boom, cast and crew on stage. Amon Vellani, who plays Ms. Marvel, says she, she was having trouble breathing. She was so excited. Just this giant fan of everything, and she's completely in her element, having a great time. Brie Larson being so excited for Carol to have a team. She said, quote, I have a team. A team! Director Nia DaCosta, also super excited. She joked about how she's just constantly pitching Kevin Feige all kinds of projects and all this stuff. And Kevin's like, you got to finish this one first. They have a great rapport, a lot of fun. And then we got in the room, a first look at a whole bunch from Marvel Studios, the Marvels. The footage was very funny, great action. It had some Beastie Boys music in the video. There is this one character, this rad woman with a big hammer. Big question there, who that is. I guess we'll have to wait and see and find out. That was a great way to end the Marvel Studios portion of the studio showcase at D23, but not the last Marvel panel of the day. So after filming some videos and doing some other fun stuff, I went over to one of the big panel rooms for our amazing Spider-Man. Well, I don't think it's amazing Spider-Man. It's beyond amazing. And it was two of our favorites, editor-in-chief C.B. Sobolski and head of all things Spider-Man, Nick Lowe. And we have Nick here. Hey, hey, twimmers! Let's go twim in the pool. (laughs) (laughs) Don't think we've ever had let's go twim in the pool, but please, every time you're on the show, say that from now on. I'll do my best. I often forget my bits that I've set up. And that was just, I mean, I planned that one for so long. I definitely didn't just come up with it here. That's an improv master, everybody. Uh, All right, Nick, tell us what the Spider-Man panel was all about. Oh, man. It was, first of all, it was fantastic. Huge room, more than I even expected, jam-packed with Spidey fans. We talked about 60 years of Spidey. We talked about Spider-Man's origins. We talked about so many of the amazing creators and artists and writers that have worked on the books. Some of the best runs. We gave a bunch of trivia. Yeah, that was one of the fun things is you guys sort of debunked or talked about some urban legends and you and CB and Tom Brevoort, executive editor, said you said you were doing a bunch of research leading into this panel. Was there something that you didn't know previously that you were like, wow, about? 
Yeah. So one thing I had only heard semi-recently was that in Strange Tales 97, which came out three months before Amazing Fantasy 15, that there is an Aunt May and an Uncle Ben in a story that says goodbye, Linda Brown. So that one I did know. But what I didn't know until the preparation for this panel is that even that wasn't the first Uncle Ben in a Stanley written comic. Because two years before that, when you get the origin of Rawhide Kid, his Uncle Ben, he's got an Uncle Ben who's amazing. And just you kind of understand why we went where we went with Rawhide Kid not that long ago. Because his Uncle Ben has this fabulous purple cowboy hat and fabulous purple pants. Amazing. But he dies in that story. And it's his Uncle Ben. And it's the death of Rawhide Kid's Uncle Ben that spurs him to be a hero. That I had no idea. That's something really cool. Uh, I loved all those trivia beats and we showed in the room stuff from the various TV shows and, and, and animation and stuff. And there's another one that I had guessed on, but I had never, I hadn't really had confirmation, but Tom Brevoort was able to confirm it with me. I was always thrown by amazing Spider-Man one and two. They each have two stories in them. And I'm like, this doesn't seem like something that was probably planned. And true enough, when they announced it in the letter column, they said that Spider-Man was going to be an ongoing feature of Amazing Fantasy. And that's where Stan and Steve were doing four stories before they canceled Amazing Fantasy to do Amazing Spider-Man. And so what would have been Amazing Fantasy 16, 17, 18, and 19 are the stories that compress ASM 1 and ASM number 2. And that's why in ASM 3, with the introduction of Doc Ock, is your first full-length Spider-Man story. The more you know. Now, now we know. So we talk about the history and a lot of stuff. And it's also fun when you, you have a panel like this and you can ask, like, what's your Spider-Man origin story? Those are always fun. Oh, yeah. Everyone, we polled the audience, asked about where they first experienced Spider-Man. And it gets to be the point when you're of a certain age, it starts getting harder to pin down where you first saw or heard of Spider-Man. Because, I mean, if you were born or grew up in the 60s or early 70s, it's probably a little bit easier to pin down because there were just the comics and then a show where... I was born in the very late 70s and my first conscious memories are in the 80s. And again, like I think maybe the first place I saw Spider-Man might have been an underoos that I would wear, my underpants, or it could have been in the, the newspaper strip or you know some of those early animated shows. But I remember the first full story that I had of Spider-Man was in the, uh, was I think on the animated show in the 90s. And I loved that show. I would go out of my way to catch as many episodes and I get so mad if I had to miss one. Because it wasn't, we didn't live in a streaming universe where you could just watch all the episodes of something. If you missed it, you missed it. What a different world we live in. But I, what a lucky world we live in. That my kids can now watch all those episodes that I missed. We're going to sound like old fogies talking to our kids about it. Back in my day, we had to set the VCR to record something. I would run home to watch Gargoyles and Spider-Man. Yes. <laughs> Nick, what else have you, you guys gave some teases of some upcoming stuff too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about Amazing Spider-Man number one, our recent Amazing Spider-Man number one, and ASM Legacy 900. But we also talked about Dark Web. <laughs> that is coming up in December. It is huge. Big Spidey story. Big X-Men story. If you loved Inferno, this is a story for you, that classic crossover with Mr. Sinister and Madeline Pryor. While we don't get the joy of more Zebwell's Mr. Sinister, we do get the joy of some Zebwell's Madeline Pryor as Madeline Pryor and Ben Riley, a.k.a. the Goblin Queen and Chasm. They come together, they spin their dark web of intrigue over Manhattan, and it's up to Spidey and the X-Men. And what is Venom's involvement? It's mental. And what is Ms. Marvel's involvement? She's there, everybody. And what am I missing? Oh, and we have a new character debuting in, in Amazing Spider-Man and in Dark Web called Hallow's Eve. Who is Hallow's Eve? And what is her deal? 
She's creepy. I'm not going to lie. She's kind of creepy and very cool. It's a good name. You gave a pronunciation guide to people in the audience about certain Spidey crossovers, but just now you said dark web. <laughs> like, that's really creepy. That has to be your new way of saying that. Oh, absolutely. That is now the correct pronunciation. You heard it here first. That is the correct pronunciation of dark web. <laughs> You make it sound so weird. I love it. It's troubling. I mean, and the story's pretty troubling too, but it is a little weird. We like weird, and we like you, Nick. I love Twim. I love you, Ryan. Big shout out to Lorraine. I don't know where she is right now, but wherever she is, hi, Lorraine. But Twimmers, let's go into the deep end. All right, rounding out D23 Expo 2022 was the big Disney Parks Experiences and Products panel. It's in the big room, 7,000 people strong. And of course, we were there and Kevin Feige came out on stage. He had a couple of things to share. And actually, Kevin was assisted by Mark Ruffalo, who had a video in the room. He said he was watching the live stream. He had a, a request, a suggestion that there's a lot of great colors at Avengers Campus, there's red and yellow and, and red and blue and black and silver. But what about more green? It was just a suggestion from, from him. Funny enough, as Kevin Feige was on stage talking with Josh DeMauro, who's the chairman of the Disney Parks Experiences and Products Group, there was just a loud rumble and out walks Hulk. Of course, the Incredible Hulk, who will appear in his quantum suit at Avengers Campus in California beginning next week. There was a fun bit with that. You could check out footage of that. It's really, really neat. And then while they were still talking, got onto the subject of the multiverse and the multiverse saga that's happening in the MCU. And they talked about the multiverse coming to Avengers Campus. Showed off a piece of really cool art drawn by visual development head Ryan Minerding, and it features many, many characters. You can also see this over on our social channels and site and everywhere else. But big updates. This was teased earlier at D23 Expo by Bob Chapek, CEO of the Walt Disney Company, who teased that there would be an expansion coming to Avengers Campus. And so we got to see that this will be a multiversal story, experience, and attraction. And the piece includes a very cool special multiversal variant called King Thanos. So that was pretty neat. And with that, that is a wrap for us at D23 Expo 2022. We have lots of coverage all over our channels. So please, in addition to what we have here, check us out. Lots of costumes and things and pictures and cosplayers and many, many more. Enjoy it all. goodness i feel very caught up on d23 now honestly i cannot believe how much was announced my mind was blown it seems super duper fun yeah thanks for everybody for listening to our bonus episode we'll probably talk a little bit about it in our next main episode but if you are just joining us for this bonus enjoy it feast on it re-listen to it re-experience all of it at d23expo.com and uh, we'll be back with more real soon and of course you can catch up with all the news via articles on marvel.com. This episode of This Week in Marvel is produced by Zachary Goldberg, Isabel Robertson, Lorraine Sink, and Ryan Panagos. Our senior manager of audio production and development is Brad Barton. And Jill DeBoff is our director of audio. And special thanks to all the news at D23 Expo. Ah! <laughs> I'm Ryan. I'm Lorraine. And this is Marvel. Your universe. 
on the floor live at the moment that we are living. I guess we're always live when we're living. 